0: Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra.
1: You're listening to the News for the Soul radio network. Call in to live News for the Soul shows daily for intuitive coaching, readings, numerology, leading edge health information, and much, much more with featured hosts from around the world. Go to NewsForTheSoul.com to join the next live show now. That's NewsForTheSoul.com. Next on News for the Soul. Love and Healing Solutions with Beth and Gil. Gil and Beth show people how spiritual truth can help you heal from emotional pain resulting in personal transformation. Gil is a highly skilled pastor who raised up two megachurches in Colorado, and Beth is known around the world as a top-flight psychologist, trauma expert, and gifted healer. Together, they inform and inspire people to recycle and repurpose their lives through the currency of a healed life from breakups and divorce, addiction, failure, loss, and change. Tune in for regular live broadcasts and the opportunity to dive deeper into small groups and one-on-one transformation. Please welcome back to News for the Soul.
0: Okay, let's get them on the board. Beth and Kelly get air.
1: Yes. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting <not> ready. <laughs> well, let's get for, thanks for checking in. Yeah, let's get you to reintroduce everything and tell us what's up for today.
1: Yeah, we're in this uh, this kind of three-week, four-week, we'll-see-how-it-goes um, series uh, around what's called anger, how to win the war within. You know, Beth and I talk to really people around the world, and this has got to be in a top three Um area of people's lives that when they want to see really amazing things happen in their lives they want to be able to kind of soar in areas and then all of a sudden this little gremlin comes along and um kind of blows up the party you know that's just kind of how that looks and feels like even beth and i we we call our house the house of joy out here in maui you know it's like it's like when you come in here right the the heartbeat the feel the spirit is of, hey, there's hope, and there's hope that I don't have to keep living under my circumstances. There's hope that I don't have to continue not knowing how to have the skill to deal with a person or a company or a boss or a coworker, uh, a roommate that is beginning to take the best years of my life away, and that there's actually ways to spot anger, there's ways to look at it differently, and then there's ways to, you know, process through it and actually get to the other side where joy becomes the prominence, which, I by the way, which we think what most people want to live in is joy, mm-hmm. and so we kind of put the map out for them. You know, it's like, here's where joy is, and here are the places and things and skills that you are going to need to get there, because we've all been angry. We all, I mean... Beth and I do this right every other Friday with um, News for the Soul, and I usually when I'm going through this, I think I think I need to be on the other end listening to this. You know, like this one is not this one is not an easy one, and so I just wanted Beth to talk a little bit about what we talked about a couple weeks ago, which was this quarter of a second. When it comes to anger, this quarter of a second that can save your life. This quarter of a second that can save your life, and. We call that the amygdala hijack, and I just wanted, you know, her to talk about it because she sees this as well. So many times, both men and women. This is not gender, you know, based. Um, this is humanity based, and so I just wanted to give her a second to talk about that.
2: Hi, Nicole. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the things I wanted to share. And Gil talked about this last time. I wasn't on the the last uh, show because we're in the process of selling our house and moving, so. And then something, whatever was going on there. But, um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about um, the amygdala hijack. And what that really is, is, well, the amygdala is the fear center of the brain. So what happens, I've heard this so many times from clients for the work I've been doing for for 20 years, helping people with chronic illness, acute illness, crises, relationship problems, depression, you name it. One of the things people... I have heard over and over and over is my partner is a really nice person until they're scared. And when many of us get triggered, it's called the amygdala hijack. I just call it you know when you get triggered into fear, that's when we are at our worst because we're scared. And that's often when people are angry, especially people that you would never consider an angry person, so to speak. Just some, you know, kind of a normal human being. They don't show anger a lot, but when they do get angry, it's when they're scared. So another term for that is amygdala hijack, where you will get mean. You'll get angry. You'll say hurtful things, um, even shocking things, because you're terrified. You're terrified. And that can come out what we always call in our house, we call it coming out sideways. That can come out sideways at another person when you're really scared. So one of the things that I like to work with my clients on and myself is catching myself in that moment. So when I'm scared about something, I know my history. My history is that is the only time I am mean. The only time I am ever mean is when I'm scared. When I'm scared about someone that I love, when I'm scared about massive loss of money, when I'm scared about circumstances in the world right now which are crazy, Um, when I get scared, that's the only time I get mean. The only time I get angry. So what I work on now is You know, my objective observer, which we've talked about some on the show, is, you know, the part of us that watches ourselves. You know, human beings have, we're the only being on the planet that has the ability to watch ourselves and catch ourselves in the act of doing something that's detrimental to ourselves and others. So we have the ability to catch ourselves in the act, to catch ourselves when we feel like the scales are tipping and I just became really terrified about something. It can happen in an instant. And then to watch yourself, talk to yourself, and catch yourself before you blow up at somebody, before you get mean, before you spew anger. And that objective observer is our friend. That's our friend. You know, that's, that's our consciousness. Because our anger is really based on deep, unconscious, unhealed trauma. Every session I do every day, literally with clients, is about, okay, why is this affecting you so much today? You know, why are you so scared or so angry about this circumstance going on in your life right now? Well, always it goes back to an old what I call anchoring trauma or traumas where, you know, uh, patterns are put down in the unconscious and you fall back into those patterns under stress. So you fall back into that fear state under stress. And what's that original fear? from your life. Usually it's childhood before the age of five. So you get hijacked and that's the amygdala hijack. You get hijacked into fear and then that's when the anger comes out. That's when the meanness shows up because usually between birth and five you've gone through some kind of trauma where you're a vulnerable little child and something is abusive around you and you're angry but you can't show it because it's not gonna make a difference in the circumstance whatsoever. So you just hold it in for a lifetime. And then it comes out sideways and it comes out what can be fairly easily for people when they get triggered and we're gonna talk about that actually more today. But I wanted to share about the fear center and how that is the amygdala hijack and that's when people get the meanest and the angriest when they don't tend to be an angry person at all,
1: they're just scared. So
2: um, I would just wanted to share that just in the beginning here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, th- yeah I, I think that's incredibly prominent for a lot of us. You know, I think this is when we say to people or someone will be talking to us and say, you know, you know my husband or you know my wife, but you don't really know them. You know, you're not there when, and I feel like going, you know, when we're scared, that's maybe an easier one to say, but then to say, man, I I was really mean, that behavior was really, really mean, that's a harder one to say, and I love the fact that you can say, no, fear is anger's bodyguard. You know, it's like, I really am afraid, but if I let that bodyguard go somewhere or leaves, then I'm left with anger. You know, I'm left with being flat out mean. So one of the things Beth and I work on, because we're both kind of high-powered type A okay. people, very intense people, is being able to speak our fears quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to be serious, I need to say that. Because then it's out, right? All the power's out of it now. It's not being held in me. It's not. um, And by the way, it's. I mean, it's a real gremlin. It goes places in you, and so it's not, you know, traveling within my soul. It's now I I speak it and it comes out. And and I'll be best is great, and hopefully I am too. When it comes to saying, man, I want to I want to be by your side when you have a fear issue. I mean, one of the things in getting, in getting married, having a relationship, is to say, I need two of us, not just one of us. I mean, God's design for 99% of the population is, is, is saying, going this alone is treacherous. I mean, most people can't. It's actually a gift if you can. And so, you know, when I'm, I'm fearful, one of the reasons Beth is there is, is so I can speak that and she can say, I got gotcha. you. And let's talk about that and where it's going. If I don't do that, then all of a sudden at dinner that night, I'm just I'm kind of grouchy. And all of a sudden things, you know, come out, right? We're hangry, H-A-N-G-R-Y, you know. I'm hungry and angry. I'm hangry. And then we're just talking. <laughs> and all of a sudden I start. And, it, and I'm a real mm, sarcastic guy down deep. If, I mean, it's in there. I try not to be, but it's in there. And what will happen is, is then all of a sudden that kind of stuff starts flying. And then Beth will look at me and go, Whoa. I mean, that's not anything she wants to come alongside. It actually repels her. And then she's afraid of that I'm 6'6". I'm a big guy. And so then she'll be like, uh, that's, uh, wow. Um, Yeah, hold on. I'm out. Like, I'm not there. So what you want to start to be able to do in that quarter of a second is to Mm -hmm. slow down and go, what I really am right now is scared. Yeah, yeah. I can take it out of my boss, but my problem is they're downsizing in my company. And
2: I'm scared. And I'm really
1: scared about that. But it's, it's, you know, so you want to be able to say, or look, you know, um, (laughs) know, like Beth, when you're gone for a week, it's just I realize that, you know, when I'm here alone with the dogs, something's coming up for me that's that's fear-based. I say those kind of things, and Beth says those kind of things. We can team up and take that on. If I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. Beth doesn't, and that amygdala gets hijacked, I can guarantee you, and I'd go to Vegas on this, that probably 90-plus percent of the time it's going to end up being a mean comment flying. That's actually going to have Beth and I in a really, really rough spot for a while. And some of you listening are in relationships right now that there is no skill in doing that. There's no judgment. It's like a put-down. Most people don't have this skill set. So Beth and I spend our entire lives helping people gather them Mm -hmm. and help save their marriages and help save their lives. And so you're in a pattern right now where you're waking up in the morning going, I just hope today goes okay. You know, I hope I'm not hit. You know, there's no physical assault I hope there's nothing that he or she says that will devastate me and our relationship. Um, And when that pattern's there and you don't have the skill set or the desire, um, then that relationship is not going to go well. It's not going to go well. So that's, again, that's why Beth and I spend our entire lives helping people gather these skills and the heart to make sure that their relationship has amazing joy rather than this crazy fear and meanness yeah i just want
2: to share a personal example because i think it would really help um we're uh, going through a move you are moving across an ocean so it's no small task and uh, we have two senior dogs and one of them has really been struggling with her health so We've been uh, putting a lot of energy and time into her lately. And um, we were driving home from the vet. We have two wonderful, holistic, amazing vets over here that we would like to take with us. um, And we were driving home from the vet, and I didn't notice in myself that I was getting very controlling, and I was getting very kind of negative and maybe even a little bit angry and we were talking about various subjects and Gil was driving and he looked at me and he said babe um, you know how we were talking the other day about you know getting negative about things easily right now he goes well you know, you're really getting into kind of a negative space right now And I know you well enough to know that this is because you don't feel control about what Nani is going through and you're really scared. I just wanted to point it out to you. And it was like light bulb moment (laughs) and then I could see it all really clearly. But what a gift to be able to do that with each other. And I was so grateful that he said that to me and I actually kind of laughed and I could see it really clearly. And then I stopped, but the ability to speak truth to another person in a loving way is so important in this subject, um, not, you know, blaming, because if, if you're blaming, then you're acting just as negatively as a person who's angry, <laughs> so that doesn't work, but, you know, really bringing truth to light in a loving way and saying, hey, you know, I, I noticed that this is what's going on. Now... Sometimes when you say that to the other person, they might be very defensive, and oh, you know, just just shut up, I'm fine, or you know, whatever. But um, we really have an agreement to talk to each other that way, in in a loving way, and to share what we're seeing in a loving way of holding up a mirror. Um, and we've worked through it. That wasn't easy, but I think we've worked through to get to that place. And I would really um, encourage everyone listening to try to do the same with important relationships in your life, Um, to have those agreements with one another. Now, if you don't have those agreements, it doesn't go as well. (laughs) Um, You know, if you don't have agreements to speak truth to one another in a loving way within your families, within your relationships, even in your, you know, close work relationships, um, you know, then then you might get sideswiped. But I think having those agreements, are really important because again, anger is more than meets the eye. Okay, usually it's based on fear, fear of uh, lack of control, um, you know, something in your inner world that needs healing based on old trauma. You know, it's not just what you see on the surface. So, I think having you know those agreements and important relationships in your life is is uh, critical. You know, um, we would rather feel angry than scared because when you feel anger, you feel powerful. When you're angry, you're loud, you're gutsy, you feel strong, you feel powerful. Um, Anger has a higher vibration energetically than fear. Um, Power versus Force talks about that, that old awesome book by uh, David Hawkins. So people choose anger over fear because it feels better. You know, you feel stronger when you're angry. Um, if you go to someone or you're with yourself and you're fearful, you feel very weak and vulnerable in that. So anger tends to be the go-to because of that. But I think, again, like Gil was saying, if you have a relationship or relationships where you can really share even with, with a friend, you know, I'm, I'm afraid or I'm scared. Can I, I just want to talk this through or work this through. Um, you know, I do energetic treatments with people on their fear all the time, on the basis of their fear. What's that pattern? Where does that come from? You know, their intention to keep themselves safe because their perception is the world is dangerous for them. Um, and doing some work on that, that can change someone's life rapidly and, and profoundly. But really looking at that because that's where this lies. So we often go to anger because we feel stronger in those moments. We feel weak when we're scared. So finding avenues to process that fear just really important, whether that's with another person who's in your life, um, with the you know energy therapist, with someone that you work with, like like myself, or Gil, or someone else that you have in your life that you trust, and try to move through some of those old patterns that you really fall into blindly because they're so automatic, and working on that um, so that you can be. More authentic within yourself and heal some of those old wounds, so that you don't go to anger and then keep blazing that trail over and over, so you get there sooner and sooner every time because it's now become
1: habitual. Yeah, I think that that, ang- that, that fear piece that leads to anger, Beth, is is the key here. Like when I want to. When I think about how couples going into their long-term relationships, and you know, we do these things called vows, right? These covenants, and they all tend to be great visionary um, sentences and statements, and it's like wonderful, and everybody's like, oh, that's incredible that that, that he wants to be like that for her, and look, she totally wants to be in it with him, and then, you know, we play the music, and they walk down the aisle, and it's like, everybody's clapping, and great. And I I usually think to myself, I wonder how it's going to go when he gets really angry or she gets really anxious, all these kind of things, whether or not they're going to have the capability, and this is really important to be able to catch it and say, here's my fear base on that. I mean, we're doing it right now in our country, right? Like, we see crazy things happening all over the world, and so the first thing we want to do is get angry at a politician. That's just a thing we want to do, and we want to go at it. And I like what Beth said. It's so true. When I am angry, even though it's an illusion, I feel in control. Fear, I, in fear, I feel like I jumped, just jumped out of an airplane at 10,000 feet. And I'm not sure I remembered my parachute. Mm -hmm. And really, to be honest, when I'm fearful, I feel like I don't have one. And that feeling, and it's, you, and you know it, right? Every, I mean, everybody knows this feeling. Because everybody lives in this world. And you have that. I just jumped out of a plane at 10,000 feet, and I don't think I, have a, matter of, I don't have a parachute. And so, man, the best thing to do at that point is just to start to yell. Because I can yell at the pilot. I can yell at the plane. I can yell at the people I went up there with. And even though I'm sailing, that's a big illusion. I'm, you know, here I go. It just makes me feel better. It makes me feel like at least I got something here. And so to be able to be in a relationship where you can, matter of fact, what I'm working on right now, I'll let you on it. I'm working on being able to know Beth enough, to know her circumstances enough, to know what's coming at her enough to go, hey, hon, I'm going to make a guess here that in about T minus five hours, you're going to have a meltdown. And here's why. I see these things happening, and I think one of these is going to set you over the edge. And you're going to have this Fear based filter. You have this fear piece. And when that happens, I just want you to know I'm here for you and we can take that on together, but be really careful that that doesn't show itself into some sort of anger coming out sideways things behind these doors because our relationship is way, way worth protecting. And, and I really want to be in it with you when you're fearful. I mean, I really feel like that. I feel like God put me in best life to be able to be this dude that can be in there with her and not be, you know, flailing away myself, right? So, and, But I'll be honest, sometimes I am, and I need Beth to say, hey, I sense that, that this is coming for you. So, um, man, work on that. All I can say is that, that that's a Super Bowl win right there, <laughs> yeah. you know, and to keep working on it. The good thing about Beth and myself is that we're so impassioned and intense that we tend to get lots of practice. You know, usually, I don't mean, very, very few times are either of us getting in a car and driving for miles and miles and ducking it. You know, most of the time we're right here and we're working our stuff out. And what I love about life being long is that it gives me a chance to keep hitting the practice field when it comes to this. So what we want to do is just talk about these two problems we all face when we ha- handle anger's fire, because anger's like a fire. And there's two things that we, we all face. And um, I, love, I love what Eleanor Roosevelt said, and, and Beth and I say this all the time, it's like nobody can get in your head without your consent. You know, you need to be able to be in these emotional states and go, I'm here. Just, I'm not going to deflect I'm not going to, you know, because, again, deflection is just another way to feel better, you know, just to feel better. I'll do all these things to feel better. We all do, right? We all go for it like that. But what we want to do is peel away the layers, peel that onion back to go, there's the fear. There it is, and let's take that on together. This is why you have friends. This is why you have best friends. I always say your best friend is a person that knows a ton about you and will never bury you with it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, they're the ones that go, I know you. And, man, I'm still here and I love you. I love you with everything I got. And I love you enough to be committed in that way, to know you enough to go, hey, um, I see something happening here. I see something coming. And I was thinking about this, that the best relationships that I think Beth and I know are the relationships where they have a great vision, which, like I said, tends to be the, you know, whatever, the marriage thing or whatever it is that you're covenanting, and you have these great vision statements. And I think those are the best when they're written down, and then under that you have what's called value statements. And those are the statements that say, when this happens, I will blank. And it's not I'm perfectly those, but I'm shooting for those values because if I do those values, our vision will come true. And they write those down and they agree, because it's really fun, really it is, It's it can be when I, I can look at Beth and say, hey, I don't know if you remember this um, a couple weeks ago, but we agreed that blank, and then she goes, oh, that's right, we did agree on that, okay, all right, let's go, you know, rather than just saying, you know, not having it at all, because then there's more fear, are they really on the same page I'm on, I don't know, oh my gosh, and then of course, again, Beth and I get those phone calls, and it's all about the other person usually, right away, and all we can say is that nobody can get in your head without your consent. That's really, you have to own that, that you've let that gremlin in, so just kind of Mm -hmm. take it on, and now we can deal with you. Because that other person is not here. They're not calling us.
2: Right.
1: They're just not. I don't even know, I don't know what they're doing. Who cares? What we care about is that person that says, I want my life to be filled with joy and abundance. I want it to be filled with wonder and amazement. I want my life to have just beautiful relationships. I want all those things. And then we can say, what are the things that you're letting in to your heart? What are the things that you're letting in that are causing these things not to come true? Not to come true. So two problems we face, I think, handling angers fire, and Beth and I will talk about these. Do you want to hit this first one? Sure, sure. Yeah,
2: one of the problems is we get angry and outraged at the wrong time. And again, like I was saying before, I would contend a lot of that is because of unhealed issues in the unconscious from another time zone in your life. So if you're getting angry at the wrong time and you're noticing, hmm, I just had an exaggerated response to something that really didn't seem that big, okay, that is the first sign that you just got catapulted unconsciously to another time zone from your past and you're seeing the current circumstances through those eyes as if you were three or eight or whatever the age was for you where you were going through difficult time or times. So that really contributes dramatically to getting angry at the wrong time. It's like the circumstances would never tell me right now that I should feel this strongly and this strong outrage and anger. I must be getting triggered by something from the past. And that's one of the first tools that I share with my clients in life is if your emotions right now, do not fit the circumstances. You are not operating in the present moment. You're operating from a time in the past where you felt you had to defend yourself, where you felt angry, where you felt scared, whatever the case may be, and it is boiling over right now. The circumstances today on their own, if they were a standalone entity, would not be contributing to this level of emotional output. So that's one of the things I talk to people about right away, because that helps us have discipline with ourselves and recognize, oh, okay, my reaction to this is is kind of unwarranted. I'm really over the top here. Okay, what's coming up for me? And that's why I teach people how to muscle test. What's coming up for me? Okay, this is age three where I felt completely alone and scared. And like I was being invaded and there was a scary person in my life that was abusing me. And okay, no wonder I'm reacting this way. I feel some part of me here feels like I'm three years old instead of 50, okay? So um, the testing comes in really handy there as well because it can help you pinpoint, hey, this is what's coming up for me. Then you don't feel so um, shaken or ungrounded or unstable, because you can feel like, okay, yes, this is how this feels. This is what's coming up for me. And then you can do some work around that of, okay, yep, I'm, I'm feeling just like I did, you know, when I was three, I can feel it in my gut. Okay, I'm feeling exactly that same way. My unconscious literally thinks I am age three right now. There is no part of me that thinks I'm even here, okay. I just got thrown back to another time zone. I am what I call time zoned, and I literally think I'm three, my unconscious thinks I'm three, therefore I am going to react to this circumstance as if it is that very significant trauma that was happening then, but it's happening now. And of course it's not happening now in most cases. Um, So that's really my take on I'm getting angry at the wrong time. My anger is locked in my unconscious at a totally different time zone. It's coming out today because of a circumstantial trigger. And then it's my work to go and find out what is that really about for me. And then that massively decreases the possibility of that happening again in the present day.
1: Yeah, talk about skills. Um, you know, when you're with your, your partner or a friend and <laughs> you bring up a scenario or you say something and all of a sudden they're thrown back into that time zone, you know, um, you know, you could, you could even say, I don't think it was me that triggered you there. Like, I don't think that, you know, with that, I that, I, mean, I think there's something, anybody could have said that and you'd have been tossed back there into that place. Um, and boy, how helpful it is to go, Man, the punishment does not fit the crime here. My emotional level does not
2: right, doesn't, fit. doesn't
1: fit. You know, I'm getting really upset over uh, being, three, you know, three minutes late for dinner. Whatever it would be, and all of a sudden you're just whoosh, right back there, right back there. So like Beth says, get really, really good at knowing that you're being time-zoned. And matter of fact, I, I, man, i am been working on this really, really hard to be able to say, hold on a minute, something happened there, let me go figure that one out and find out how that, how that little dude can be healed. Because mm-hmm. any time I'm doing that, just be honest, I just have an unhealed wound. You've yeah. got to go check that out. And people, most people in our lives, are, they're just living unconsciously. You know, that's what makes it you know, probably so fun to gossip, right? When people aren't there, you're like, did you see him do that? Did you see her do that? Oh, my gosh. And really all that means is that person is just showing their unhealedness. And, and, what, and what really should be happening there is how can we help that person suture up that wound and help. You shared that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's man. Okay, so I love The Rock. You know, like I'm Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I just I love him. A lot of people think my body and his body are <laughs> the same. You know, people are always like, oh my gosh, you must work out with The Rock. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Um, you know, don't mean to brag. I don't really talk about myself much, but. Just be honest, washboard abs. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so I was listening to The Rock <laughs> the other day. He was standing on the 20th story of this awesome hotel in Vancouver, and he was, he was you know, filming a, a movie. And something hit him when he was in Vancouver filming the movie, and it was the fact that he, he used to play football for the Cal, Calgary Stampeders up in Canada, the CFL, Canadian Football League, against the BC Lions. And after the game um, – He got cut. It was hard to believe, right? It's like, The Rock got cut? Yes, he did. And he remembers it. And his first thought was, and he said this, he said his first thought was, this can't be happening. There's no way I can get cut because I was born to play in the NFL. That's my goal and my dream. And the Canadian Football League is my stepping stone. And yet here he was being put on a bus with $7 in his pocket and sent back to the U.S. So then The Rock said this. He said playing in the NFL was the best thing to never happen in his life. He said playing in the NFL was the best thing that never happened in his life because it got him to this amazing place he in his, in his life now. It got him to this amazing place that he is in his life now. He goes, you're going to take your shots. You're going to be body slammed to the mat. But you get up, he said, because this you got to have faith that the thing you wanted to happen oftentimes is the best thing that never happened. you got to have faith that that thing you wanted to happen, like really wanted to happen, like thought it would happen, like prayed for it to happen, who was just dying for this thing to happen, oftentimes is the best thing that never happened. And Beth and I see this, and we go, wow, people are so outraged at the wrong time. You're not God. And if you prayed about it, then there must be a better future for you than what you see right now. And what we're not saying is don't cry or whatever. I've been, you know, passed over for jobs that I've really wanted, and I always go back in my room and sit there and I. Go wow and try to get my attitude where it needs to be. It's not saying you don't feel those feelings, but in the end, you got to have faith that that thing you wanted to really happen oftentimes is the best thing that never happened. And I, when he said that, I told Beth, because I was single for 14, 14, years, um, after my, my divorce, I was, I was, you know, married for 14 and then I was single for 14. And in that singleness, man, there was just a lot of, I mean, we could write a book about that, you know. And I like to go, I stayed single for 14 years. Thank you. When really it's, Hey everybody, come into this crap show of what it looked like when I was single for 14 years, because I was just a mess, right? And I, had, I fell in love, or kind of thought I did, and then I had this, oh that must be the one, and of course God's going to take good care of me, I mean that was a really bad marriage the first time, and now he's going to really you know, save the day, and all these really goofy thoughts. And a lot of heartbreak because when things didn't go well in those relationships, I didn't have faith that that thing that I wanted to happen, which would be connecting with that person forever, oftentimes is the best thing that never happened. And I felt Beth this all the time. I am so glad those dating relationships did not end up in anything significant. Because they led me to you. Because they led me to you. And I just have a feeling a lot of you out there are in the midst of these kind of breakups and these kinds of anger spikes at this person, and the best prayer or the best spirit that you could have is to say, I'm going to trust that that blowing up Mm -hmm. is the best thing that never happened. Best thing that never happened. And I'll say this, if you're struggling with that one, and I will tell you that I'm, you know, deal with it as well, but that anger tends to, if you don't deal with it like this, go inward and you'll keep stuffing it until it becomes depression. And you'll start medicating it. Some of you right now are just in steep medication. You know, you might be a workaholic, an alcoholic, a drugaholic, but you're a medicatingaholic. You'll do anything you can. Maybe you binge watch a million shows. You'll do anything you can to not have to think about what reality really is. But that reality is so awesome because it's the best thing in your life that never happened. Best thing in your life that never happened. And I'll I'll say this because it's close to home. My mom died when she was 62 years old, and she died of smoking and drinking herself to death. And she was the most beautiful Unbelievable, incredible mom. Of, I mean, I'll say this. If, if we're, you know, in heaven one day, I am going to, I'm going to put in for her to be the number one mom of all time because she was in the face of a lot of, lot of intensity and a lot of abuse. That girl did it right. And then she died of bitterness toward my dad who left her. And she could never, Beth knows the whole story, right? And she'll look at me and go, that was like a major save. Like she dodged like the biggest bullet ever.
2: Oh, by your dad. Yeah, by getting out of
1: that. And yet she could never wrap her mind around, hey, that's the best best thing. thing. That never happened. You and my dad being divorced, I just want to say, standing ovation. (laughs) Lift that trophy. That ribbon says number one. You're a gold medalist for that. And yet, she could never get there, so she just smoked and drank herself to death because of her bitterness toward that situation and toward that person. And seriously, some of you are doing that right now, and it's breaking my heart, and it's breaking Beth's heart, and you can see that switch up. It's in you to do that. And find friends that don't gang up on your ex, that don't gang up on that boss of yours, whatever it is. You're looking for people to come go, yep, you're right about that person. So then you're spending all this time now, you know, dealing with that. You need to get people around you who think counterintuitively, who think like The Rock, who say to you, I'm, I'm going to see you next week. I'm bringing a trophy. What are you bringing a trophy for? Because he left you. You win. <laughs> You win! Yeah. That's a touchdown, spike and dance, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So d- be a friend like that, too. Don't jump in there with these people like, that guy, and you go, that's right, that, that guy, no, and then all of a sudden good. you're drinking together and beating them up, and now you're going to the movies because yeah, we have yeah, so yeah. much in common. Yeah, you have everybody. one thing in common, you hate the same guy.
2: And then you're not going to feel any better.
1: Yeah, I, bl- I blew some ears on that. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't blow. I I got it straight, but it took me a while. And and you can do it. All right, you can do it. You can do it. All right. So that's what people do, right? They get they get crazy, um, messed up, and getting angry in the end at all the wrong things. At all the wrong things. So so you can say, okay, God, I need work done in me on this. I need to see this rightly. Um, I need metanoia is a great a Greek term. Metanoia it comes up all the time in, in in you know books in Greek these kinds of things from way back when, and it means to change your mind. And it is the it's the number one word used when you're in a really bad place and you need to change. It doesn't mean I got to go to Disney. I need to go. I'm not say going to the beach is a bad thing. Go ahead. I mean, whatever those things are that make, can make you feel a little better. I need, I need a trip, whatever that is. But in the end, it's on you yeah. to change your mind, to say I'm no longer going to see that as a really bad thing in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start seeing that as a win. It's the best thing that never happened to me. It's the best thing that never happened to me. Okay? It's a biggie.
2: Well, and oftentimes what happens is um, in my practice with clients, um, when things have gone, quote-unquote, wrong in their lives, that really contributes to chronic illness, contributes to blame of others so much that I have fully identified myself as a victim for the rest of my life. And if I do that, my health falls apart my relationships fall apart. Oftentimes there's an unconscious intention to punish that other person. Well, by punishing yourself, that doesn't work very well. But this is very, this is very typical with um, you know, people that have you know, chronic conditions as well, whether that's physical or emotional, anxiety, whatever that is, that blaming others, somehow there's a belief somewhere unconsciously that blaming others is gonna get me where I wanna be, and it never does. It never does. All it does is cement your identification as a victim of life, of circumstances, of specific people, and then that's what you attract to yourself, and that all, that all comes back to you. Um, and again, very often, the unconscious intention there is, I'm going to punish this person that did this to me. Gil like your mom. Okay, I'm gonna punish him for leaving me. Well who are you punishing? You're killing yourself by punishing them. It's like, you know, it's it's that old adage that we have all heard so many times. Resentment and rage is like eating a poisonous pill and expecting it to poison the person you're mad at. Never goes that way never goes that way. So, you know, I want to share that, yeah, that our intention to punish or blame that other person just comes back to us in spades and takes us out of life. And, you know, Gil, I like what you're saying. It's about, you know, have a, have a party. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have a party. Give a trophy. Um, be, try to find a space. And sometimes it takes a little time, but find a space to be grateful because life and God, the divine, is for you always. And if that didn't work out, well, dang it, it wasn't supposed to work out that way. And please find a way to be grateful for that. That relationship did not work out. Good. Move on. Pick yourself up and move on. You learned something from it, guaranteed, guaranteed. But blaming the circumstances or the other person simply keeps you tied to that pain. And being free of it is the goal. And you can do it.
1: Yeah, that's. there's so many success stories in this. I mean, and, and we get it, right? Some of you are going, I I don't know if I can get through the day. You know, this person, I just can't get them off my mind. Or this situation, I can't get it off my mind. Or this Failure, whatever it would be. Um, and that's not, that's not true. You can't. It might take some time. It might take some work. Um, but it, it can happen. And, uh, yeah, I love, I love what Beth said there. You know, it, it comes you – know, can I tell you what I told my mom all the time? I'd say, hey, mom, um, I just hung out with dad recently. Uh, your name didn't come up, and he slept like a baby. He's not thinking about you. Why are you giving him this pleasure of thinking about him? Every dude loves that. You know, every dude. Keith Urban has a song about it. You know, Keith Urban Urban has this song about, you know, you can take my sweater and all these things, you know, in this breakup. He says, but you'll be thinking of me. I know you're taking that with you, too. You might have broken up with me, but you're going to be thinking about me. And, you know, I, there's a part of me, I don't know, I kind of go, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm awesome. You're going to be thinking about me. Yes, you are. You know, I just say this. <laughs> don't give those people <sighs> the pleasure of that because they're not thinking about you. You know, I, I kept it's saying. You're matter fair. Yeah. I <laughs> would just say to my mom all the time, like, it's just futile yeah. to take the poison pill expecting my dad to die. She was taking the poison pill and she was dying. You know, and and ultimately did at a very young age. It was just it was a a, a huge heartbreak. So anyway, you know, we never get through the the entire uh, amount of content that we have, and we're fine with that. I hope you are too. Um, So, you know, next week we'll come back here and close this one out. We just talked about how we get really upset at the wrong things and then get this, and then when we should be mad, we don't. Yeah. Like we're getting all we're getting all tied about these these other things that are you know blips on the screen, but in the end, and it's like all my energy is going to that now, so I can't become concerned and angry about things that I should. Things that I should. And we're gonna we'll talk about that and why that happens and what you can do about it. So there you go. There you have it. Nicole, anything on your end?
0: Um, the main thing that's coming through to keep in mind for uh, next show, perhaps that a lot of people listening today that we're emailing in, we're putting things in context of applying it to the planet wide. So show that's uh, showing up these days and how to put things in context with being locked down in relationship and, you know, just sort of uh, what's happening today and applying it on a broader scale and making that okay. work.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure can.
2: Yeah, that sounds really good. I was right. thinking
1: about that as we were talking. Well, especially yeah. as we're probably going into another one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and depending yeah. on the country you live in or the state. So, yeah, the, yeah, the bigger picture, I, I think, um, is what you're saying, Nicole. I think that's a great idea.
1: And, and, and encourage those people, too, if they want some specific kind of perspective because of what's going on, just call in. You know, we'd be happy. You can, and Nicole, you can. You can just tell us, hey, you know, cut got it here. Left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you guys. And then say, we <laughs> <laughs> so got somebody that really wants to get even more specific about their situation. We would love to help them.
0: All right, sounds good. Well, it's great to have voices of encouragement and motivation on the air when it's so needed right now. Um, oh, we've got two minutes to the top. Shameless self-promotion. What have you got?
2: Shameless self-promotion. I'm going to make Gil do that. I always (laughs) do.
1: I'm terrible at this. I know. All right, so you know how Muhammad Ali used to say he's the greatest? Well, he was wrong. That's me. And I just uh, want (laughs) to. I'm also highly Uh delusional. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, you can go to our best. You go to our website, besthealingsolutions.com. You get, there's um, also a phone number there if you want to call our business manager, Tim. Session request. And yeah, if you want a session, uh, yeah. then just fill out a session request form, and we will. And we do this. Um, we get down to it very quickly, and then we are able to give you what you really need to know, and it, and it, um, and then to hopefully inspire you to act. So um yeah, if you want to get, get through your situation instead of every day waking up to the same the same way of life, you know, Don't wake up and then you go to bed the next night, all of a sudden it becomes one big long same movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give us a call, we'll make sure to, to get that changed up and get you back to living in real life.
2: That sounds good. How's I'm gonna that? I would call in listening to that. That's really good. All right, I'll all give you, I'll you my call number. <laughs>
0: alright guys thanks for well, today and have a great couple of weeks and look forward to next time already
2: sounds great it's thanks
1: Nicole have yep.
0: a beautiful weekend thanks Nicole love you you too are all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com now let's get back to the show W Group, no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.